Thanks for downloading this show from PC One. Before we get rolling, here's a word from one of the folks who helped bring you this podcast. Have you heard about Moo Money? Moo Money? Moo Money is a rewards program that lets you earn cash every time you buy real milk. I use mine to buy movie tickets. Movie. Uh-huh. Yeah, I see what you did there. Yeah. It was a musical. Uh-huh. Anyway, just head to MooMoney.com to start earning moolah. Got it. Moolah. Hurry, or everything I told you will be moot. Oh, please, no more moos. Someone's a little moody. Open to legal residents of the state of California, 18 years of age or older. Visit MooMoney.com for official rules, terms, and conditions. Upside, the smart new way to buy business travel is Upside.com. You save money and get a free Amazon gift card every trip you buy. Use the code Forbes and you're guaranteed at least a $100 gift card your first time using Upside. Save big on travel and get a big gift card. Upside.com, minimum purchase required. See site for complete details. This is Forbes Under 30 on Podcast One. And I'm your host, Steve Goldblum. On the Forbes Under 30 podcast, we talk to young innovators, disruptors, and entrepreneurs. It might be the fastest growing mobile social platform that you've never heard of. It's called Amino Apps, and I have with me on Skype co-founder and CEO Ben Anderson. Ben, thank you for doing this. We're, we're, we're starting. We're, here, we're ready to go. Let's do it. Where are you, by the way? I'm in New York. Um, we're on 23rd and Park here in New York, um, and so I'm calling from my office. Okay, and you're on Skype. That's right. You're on Skype. And you, where were you raised? Where do you come from? So I actually grew up in Providence, Rhode Island. And you are how old? I'm 28 years old. 28 years old, and you are responsible for Amino Apps. <laughs> That's right. And That's how right. old were you when you became responsible for Amino Apps? Um, I was, I guess, 22 years old when we founded the, the company, but uh, we really started kicking things off um, in January of 20, 2013, um, which was right before we attended uh, Techstars in Boston. Okay, and let's set it up for everybody in terms of a definition and, and, a, and a really accessible description of what Amino Apps is. Amino is a, a network of mobile apps where each app is dedicated to uh, an interest or a topic. Um, you know, we cater to a young demographic. Um, so we cover topics like Minecraft and Doctor Who and K-pop um, and the NBA. Um, and so uh, the idea is that people who love these topics can come together in one of our amino communities and meet other people who are like-minded, create content all about that topic and share to an audience of people who care about what they're talking about. Would you say that the the equivalent to this would have been the closest thing is Reddit maybe 11 years ago? That's right, yeah, yeah. So Reddit and the old online forums are kind of like the, the web version of what we're doing today. Uh, in a mobile first way. So it's it's really geared at digital natives. Totally. Mobile natives, people who are really comfortable with their their phones, our users write these long form posts with embedded images and videos and and other types of media all from their mobile devices. 
uh, and that's where they're most comfortable doing it. And Ben, are you banking the longevity of this uh, of this network on the fact that people over the age of thirty simply won't know where to find it? <laughs> um, you know, I think that everyone has something that they're interested in and passionate about, and and as as people become more and more comfortable with their mobile devices, I think that you know we'll begin to kind of age up and cater to an even broader audience. But for now, you can keep it kind of exclusive. There's a uniqueness to it, right, in the fact that um, it is so niche by design. That's right. That's right. I mean, I definitely like to think that it's still cool because my mom doesn't know, you know, wouldn't know about it yet. So (laughs) she wouldn't be able to find it on the Internet. Right. You can't go to a website. It's not like you can see like repurposed chat groups or threads, but you can't really engage. Right. That's right. That's exactly right. Yeah. You need to download one of our apps if you want to engage. And um, and so, yeah, it's it's for for people who, um, you know, don't don't really want to do all the consuming or creating of content through their mobile devices. This this isn't for them, uh, at least not yet. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Small businesses are at the heart of our communities and the places that we could not live without. Whether you've been in the business for generations or recently launched, creating a website on WordPress.com can make a big impact on your business. Even if you don't have experience building a website, WordPress can guide you through the process. They have hundreds of customized themes to get you started. Just pick a template and make it your own. You'll get built-in search engine optimization and social sharing. That's good. When you build your website on WordPress.com, you're part of a community with support 24-7. Whenever you need it, get answers to your questions and get back to getting stuff done. Come see why 27% of all websites run on WordPress. Get started today with 15% off any new plan purchase. Go to WordPress.com slash Forbes to create your website and find the membership plan that's right for you. That's WordPress.com slash Forbes for 15% off your brand new website. WordPress.com slash Forbes. So, Ben, when you were like 15, were you a Reddit person? Were you on <laughs> all the forums and chatting? And like, where did this idea start uh, uh, yeah. developing? Yeah. So, you know, when I was younger, I definitely had very niche interests, um, one of which was uh, robotics. You know, so I was fascinated with robots. Um, you know, I, I had maybe one friend who who was kind of enthusiastic about robotics as well. And, and it kind of phased out for that friend. And so then as a result, it kind of phased out for me. Um, and, and the inspiration, you know, definitely I had it, that problem really resonated with me just growing up and experiencing it. But what really inspired me to, to create a platform um, was when I was in, I was in Boston with my co-founder, I was walking through the Prudential Center uh, there in Boston, and I, I with my co-founder, and we stumbled upon an anime convention that was taking place in the Heinz Convention Center, right next to the Prudential Center. Um, and uh, I don't know if you've seen any anime conventions or or have seen pictures of them, but you know, thirty thousand anime fanatics all kind of converge in this one place, dressed in these amazingly elaborate anime <laughs> costumes, uh, running all over the mall, so excited to be there. I'm so excited to, to meet, you know, these complete strangers and make friends with these other people who are there just because they had this shared passion. 
and it, but it's this event that only happens one time per year. Um, and so our, our goal with Amino was to kind of bottle up that, that convention experience and allow people to access a community for what they're interested in, you know, 24 seven, instead of just one time per year. Well, I can, I can picture that and I can see all the excitement behind it. And now that you've created something like this, do you ever look at like the conventions in Anaheim for VidCon and think to yourself like, Oh man, I wonder what John and Hank Green were thinking when they started this <laughs> celebration of internet content creators. Do you think like that and, and look at where they've come? Because the business has changed so much. Yeah, you know, I, we try and keep an eye on on a lot of the conventions. Um, I think that it's just a, such a great analogy for for what we're doing, and and they've and you know a lot of different conventions have just continued to grow in size so rapidly. Um, and uh, you know, I think Comic Con is must be well over. Mm-hmm. Uh, 50,000 people or so. I know that Anime Boston event that we first stumbled upon in Boston has just been getting bigger and bigger each year. Um, so that's really exciting to see. Um, but it's also exciting to see that our communities are, are continuing to outpace them. So, uh, you know, it's a, um, definitely struck struck a nerve and in, in, in something that it's a problem that I think a lot of people have. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. I found the best way for you to buy business travel. It's Upside.com. And if you're not a business traveler, you know someone who is. You have to tell them about Upside. Here's why I love it. At Upside, you save money on travel and you get a free Amazon gift card worth hundreds of dollars every time. You get savings and a big gift card free. Here's how they do it. Upside bundles your flights and hotel together for one low price. Bundling saves a ton of money, especially on business travel. So they give you an Amazon gift card. Your company saves money and you still keep all your miles. And right now, when you use code Forbes, you're guaranteed a free $100 Amazon gift card your first time. The code Forbes gets you a guaranteed $100 Amazon gift card. How can you not do it? Upside. Save big on travel and get a big gift card every time. Upside.com. That's Upside.com. Minimum purchase required. See site for complete details. Can you tell us how many active users you have? Yeah, so um, we some metrics we don't share publicly, but we just crossed over 13 million downloads okay. uh, across our network. So, yeah, we're, we're growing really rapidly. That's that number amazing. Is, now, is, why don't is, you share the number of active users, just out of curiosity? Yeah, so there's a lot of data that we have um, that we kind of use as internal metrics. Um, and uh, it's just, you know, we, we like to keep some of that data confidential. That's how I feel about my taxes, Ben. <laughs> Sorry, that's a, I, I, that's a dad joke. I don't even know why. <laughs> that's terrible. But I get it. You've got to keep some of that private, especially as you're looking at monetizing this thing. Um, and in, in, in talking about that, you used to have really control over like what people were talking about and the categories and the threads. And recently you opened that up, right? Oh, that's right. Yeah, so um... – Basically, the history is that when we first started, we created each community as its own individual mobile app, right? And so every time we would launch a new community, we would decide which community to go launch. We would do a ton of research on that community um, to really understand it on an authentic level. 
and and then launch an app for it like and, anime and, uh pokemon uh that's right <laughs> yeah Fu, wrestling wrestling yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly and, and, and we got to the point, we got to 90 apps in July of last year. Mm -hmm. and, and the interest that we were rolling communities out for, like we started like not really knowing enough about the interest. Um, and like we'd have to do so much research to understand them. And, you know, we used to have sessions in the, um, during our all hands meetings um, where one person would, you know, give a presentation on <laughs> what the interest was about. So we could learn, you know, what BTS is, right? Which is a, one of the most popular K-pop groups, mm -hmm. right? So, um, you know, we just have to learn about these things on a deep level. And, and, and that became, um, you know, really challenging at the rate of communities that we were trying to launch. And also it was just, you know, managing 90 different communities was spreading, you know, spreading us pretty thin. Um, and so what we did is we launched uh, a new product called Amino, um, which is the name of the company, of course. And, um, and it's basically a master app that allows all the, um, the users to access all the 90 communities that we had launched from one single place. But in addition, it allowed anyone to create their own Amino community that looked, acts, and feels just like the Amino communities that we launched um, that live inside the Amino master app. And so, you know, it's really changed the game for us. Now we have hundreds of thousands of communities that have been that have been created since we launched that master app yeah uh, so and, it's been exciting do you feel like you're losing control when that happens <laughs> no no of course you know that was kind of by design so we, we were planning you know planning that um and um you know we do still monitor the communities that mm -hmm. are being created and in fact have like an approval process for um the communities that um, are going to be kind of highlighted within the Amino experience. So, um, you know, we were ready for it. Let me talk to you about the monetization because yeah. where you, you, some impressive metrics that you do share include, you know, that the average time spent on the product is 60 minutes. That's right. So that's, that's right. really valuable. What do you do with that? <laughs> yeah, so it's been so amazing to see – uh, how we've been able to capture people's passions. You know, people just love being able to share to a built-in audience of people who care about what they're talking about. And it's unique and uh, not something that can really get elsewhere. When we launched the community, uh, what we internally call the community incubator, the master app, what happened is we now have these, this concept of a community leader. And so that's the person who creates the community. We're, we're hoping to empower those community leaders and to um, give them ways to, to monetize their, their audience. Now, whether that's through digital goods, whether that's through advertising, uh, whether that's through one day you know, doing some e-commerce, we're very open-minded open to how we do it. And it will probably be a combination of, of all three. But essentially, that's, that's what we want to do from a monetization perspective. <laughs> I mean, the digital goods, for example, could be you know simple things like profile upgrades that you purchase or or stickers that you purchase, right? right? Small like ninety nine cent items that maybe are tied or related to the interest. Um, and when when it's a community that you care so deeply about, you know that that's a worthwhile investment uh, for you to make, especially when you're spending sixty minutes. <laughs> On, on the platform. It's a big part of your day. Right. But you're also going to start taking a piece of what some of your creators earn, right? In the same way that YouTube 
brings in revenue, they have to share that with the platform. That's right. That's right. So I think it just work? aligns incentives really well, just like YouTube aligns with the, with the um, content creators. Now, YouTube just kind of they, – they made a um, – they, they had a little uh, revision to that, to that approach in that you have to have like 10,000 subscribers. <laughs> right, so. right. Yeah, I, I, I think they primarily did that because um, they maybe weren't able to monitor the smaller <laughs> – uh, smaller channels as well to yeah. you know match those with ads. So, well, how much do you think about this? Because you know Union Square Ventures backed you guys, and they're the same firm that backed other platforms that were slow to monetize. monetize uh, yeah, but but quick to grow. Like they backed Twitter, Tumblr, Foursquare, sure. Zynga. So, what does it feel like to be in their company, and what what kind of direction do they give you? Yeah, it's 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 amazing. Um, I mean, first of all, it's great to have an investor who understands your model and understands the value of a user, so that they're willing to take early bets uh, without you know um, demonstrating you know early revenue. And and it's just because they've seen it time and time again with all the all the platforms that that you've named. And it was you know quite encouraging that they saw this this glimmer of those successful companies in us. And so, yeah, that's uh, quite a compliment. Yeah, yeah, indeed. Uh, You know, we have these events um, as part of the being part of the portfolio where, you know, all the all the CEOs of the companies all get together. And so it's, you know, quite humbling to be uh, when when I attend those events to to look around and see all the amazing CEOs, uh, you know, around me. Well, can you, oh, really can you pick up on some of those experiences? Who Who is it that you're seeing where, you know, does Jack Dorsey come over and say, listen, don't worry about it. You, uh, <laughs> what, have yeah, you, have you I, I, I haven't seen Jack Dorsey at, at one of the events, but, um, you know, you get the CEO of, of Foursquare, CEO of Kick Messenger, uh, you know, CEO of Meetup. Uh, it's, it's, it's pretty amazing to, to chat with them and learn from them and to be portfolio mates with them. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. The Forbes Under 30 podcast is brought to you by WordPress.com. More websites run on WordPress than on any other platform. That's true. Create your blog or small business website today and get 15% off any new plan purchase at WordPress.com slash Forbes. That's WordPress.com slash Forbes. Napa know-how. This month, get a five-quart jug of Napa Full Synthetic Motor Oil plus a Napa Platinum Oil Filter for $21.98. That's a pretty unbelievable deal. But trust us, it's totally real, but only for a limited time. So get Napa Full Synthetic and a Napa Platinum Oil Filter for $21.98 today. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. General states pricing. Sales prices do not include applicable state local taxes or recycling fees. Offer ends for thirty nineteen. This is Norman Lear with my great sidekick, Paul Hip. Good to be here with you, Norman. On All of the Above. That's the name of my podcast, All of the Above. And uh, it's called All of the Above because we're going to talk about All of the Above. There isn't anything sacrosanct. There's nothing too above us or uh, below or us. Or below us. Well, certainly nothing too below us. But we have had guests you cannot believe. Yeah. Guests. Julie Dewey Dreyfus, amazing. Yes. And America Ferrara. Jared Carmichael. Yes. Oh, Amy Poehler. How did we overlook? We didn't overlook Amy Poehler. I was saving her for last. And Charles Barkley, I was saving him for first, actually, because I didn't declare on first. I get to hang out with this guy. 
And this is your chance to hang out with Norman Lear a little bit here and some of these great guests. God, I wish I was you hanging out with Norman Lear. Yeah. <laughs> Son of a gun. See? That must be exciting. It's the yeah. best. Oh. I'm telling you. Don't miss all of the above with Norman Lear. Download new episodes every week on the Podcast One app or subscribe at podcastone.com. What is it that scares you about this pursuit? Like when you're, what, what is it that worries you or keeps you up at night? Because you hear about that a lot from entrepreneurs. So what, what scares you? It's a good question. I think we've created a platform that just the foundation is around communication, right? And, and as a result, it applies really well to a lot of different things. And so, you know, for me as the CEO, one of the things that I really think a lot about is, you know, which direction are we going to be running in, right? Because there's so many different opportunities, so many things that we can grab, but we certainly can't grab them all at once, right? And so I think that is one of the things that like really is something that we, we think a lot about because it could, you know, if you try and tackle the wrong markets, the wrong interests, the wrong topics, you could be missing out on, on, on other opportunities. So that's definitely one of the things that, that keeps me up at night. To sort of narrow your focus? Right, right. We have you know a platform that applies to so many different things. And so like whether we're going to be, you know, right now we do really well in with young people who love video games and TV shows and are just getting into like, you know, sports, for example. But at the same time, you know, this platform with the features that we have, it could be really great for, I don't know, young mothers, right? Mm -hmm. And so like, I have to choose my battles, you know, because there's certain areas that like, we need to be kind of focusing on to do really well in those areas. And so um, making sure that we're focusing on the right stuff is 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 one of the challenges. It's safe to say that the the internet can be a really mean place. Sure. What is your response to trolls, uh, which are rampant and uh, you know really like highly associated with places like Reddit yeah. and, and YouTube? I've never even like encountered some of the the, the heinous uh, comments that you see like in real life that you see actually online. You know, luckily for us, we're well aware of some of those issues, you know, from the very beginning and tried to design the system in a way that allows us to to make Amino a really positive place. And in fact, you know, that's one of the, the themes that comes up repeatedly in our five-star reviews is that Amino is just such a, a positive environment compared to the other places that people are used to online. And, and so... One of the ways that we, we do that is just by the nature of our multi-app strategy and the fact that these communities feel, they, they basically have a wall garden around them that is just high enough that people who really want to get in there and be involved are able to access it, but are just low enough, excuse me, that, that people who want to get involved can access it, but just high enough that people who just want to be there to cause, cause problems, you know, just, you know, don't bother to go in. So um, that just by its nature has been extremely helpful in keeping it to be a positive place. But of course, you know, people um, will slip in. And so we have, you know, moderators on staff, the leaders of the communities, um, you know, have a full suite of moderation tools and functionality. And we've built some, you know, automated systems to to help us um, kind of capture, capture that stuff. And, and so we're, we're always, you know, we're scholars of this. We study it all the time and, and see what's, what's working out there. 
um, what the you know best companies in the world are doing around this, and and trying to you know think ahead to when we're at an even larger scale, what are the the future problems that might might come up as we as we grow. So it's really in your interest to keep the barrier to entry for amino apps a little more complicated. <laughs> yeah, well, we just definitely want to make it so that the right people who want to join and, and want to contribute in a positive place can get in and know kind of what this whole place is about, right? So like, I'll give you an example. Like we have a, an app on the app store. You know, I, I, I mentioned this, right? For like, I can give any example, I guess, for let's say motorcycle enthusiasts, mm -hmm. right? So like the, your normal troll <laughs> is, is probably not going to download that app to go cause problems in that community, mm. right? So it, it just keeps it a, a much more kind of positive environment versus the, you know, the troll who's that bored on YouTube and, you know, stumbles upon some video that's trending and then causes issues that's in the right. comments that's section. That's a pretty specific right? so. Hell's Angel devoted troll that's going to download that. <laughs> right, right. It's, you know, it's, it's pretty, pretty rare. But you also said that what you see more often than not is that your users don't give the trolls what they're looking for, that they have like an aggressive defensive response. What do you mean by that? I, I may have mentioned um, that the, the users, because they're so passionate about the community, um, they're, they're very defensive of it, right? That's, this is their space that they right. love so much and dedicate their time and, and, and part of the, a big part of their life to. So that when someone comes in and, and starts causing trouble, like, the the community itself is the first line of defense and they'll they'll flag that you that user and, and and it will come up on our radar or on the radar of the community leader um and 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 um and they can handle it very very quickly so um you know i think that's a big part of it it's like if if the place turns into this like you know troll you know ridden environment then then it's going to, you know, encourage more of that. But because it stays very clean, it stays very positive, then it's less likely for someone to come in and, and, and cause that, that problem. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. While it's becoming easier to feel discouraged about climate change, Michael Bloomberg and Carl Pope are optimistic. In their new book, Climate of Hope, they're creating a roadmap on how we can tackle climate change now. Learn more and order Climate of Hope at climateofhope.com. It's so interesting to see that debate, like on the other side. Like I, I in my other life and in my other job, produce... Uh, video series for PBS and and sometimes we'll like you know advocate about uh we'll we'll give a voice to um you know underserved communities or, or really powerful uh artists of color and they'll talk about the issues important to them and you can get some vile racist comments but then you see like a thread of 50 comments that come in support of that person and that's heartwarming yeah. to see like the power totally. of the crowd in that sense on the other way yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, again, it's because these people are like-minded by definition, you know, when they're entering the community, it's just there's so much more harmony <laughs> from the beginning. So I think it's similar to the early days, like what I the story I described of us walking through the, you know, the Prudential and stumbling upon that anime convention, you know, everybody's there because they, they're really passionate about anime. And so it's just such a positive and passionate place you know so uh, that's kind of 
that's kind of how it is on our communities. And have you taken the temperature at all in terms of the politics? Like, are people engaging politically on, on uh, using uh, amino apps? Somewhat. So surprisingly, not a ton. You know, there's there's some Trump and Hillary communities, mm-hmm. you know, and, but like pretty valuable yeah. demographic, right? To be to be monitoring sixteen to twenty four. Yeah, for sure. I, I think you know it's it's not what we're known for right now. Again, we do much better in like in media, you know, TV, video games, and things like that. And so um, I, I do see that sector growing on our platform. Um, and, and yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm actually excited about that. I think it's great to have dialogue and, and to have a place to, to go have positive conversations uh, about politics. So yeah, we'll see how that continues the trend. Well, Ben, to describe, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs listen to this show and a lot of entrepreneurs, of course, as you know, partner up. And those partnerships can sometimes blossom into like a beautiful company and, and relationship. And, and of course, the opposite is true. So what's been your experience? Uh, be as honest as you can. In, ter- in terms of what? I'm sorry. Uh, you know, your co-founders and, and, and partners that you've worked with, can you ah, describe those okay. relationships and how they've changed over the years? Sure, sure. I met my co-founder at Northeastern. His name is Yin, Yin Wong, and he was finishing up his PhD in computer science there. Um, I was studying business. I think when we were first fundraising, this was like a number one question, right? It's like, you know, tell me all about you and your co-founder. Like, how do you guys get along? Like, what happens when you guys have an argument or something like that, right? Like, like the founder dynamics are just so important, especially in the beginning, because you don't have a ton of data points to know whether like you, you would get a lot of points if you guys had started a company together before, but if you hadn't, you know, which, which is the case for us, <laughs> there's just a lot of question marks, like, you know, one big fight and the, the co-founders split up and that could tank the company. Right. Right. So, but you know, now um, this many years later, we just don't get those questions anymore because um, we've been able to kind of prove that we're, we're able to, to work really well together. So but, you know, in terms of how that's changed over time, no doubt we had our debates and our arguments, you know, on maybe perhaps a weekly basis. But I think at the end of each argument, both of us realized that we're just arguing in because we're so passionate <laughs> about this company and about achieving our, our vision and, and that, like, our incentives are actually very well aligned. Um, and so like 10, 30 minutes later, you, you kind of get back to, get back to work and, 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 um, kind of go towards that, that North star that we're both running, running towards. That is a good um, thing to remind yourself of if you're mm-hmm. in a partnership for business or anything is, is that it's, if someone is angry, it's because they care. That's right. That's right. In fact, I've read something recently that like, if there aren't genuine like arguments in a meeting, <laughs> that typically means that. People are just like they're not caring enough to, to you know, out. put yeah. their word out there to challenge it. Yeah. So I, as a as a middle child, used to really try to avoid conflict uh, between people. But right. I, I've 
that's one of the things I've been trying to get better at is to actually embrace that conflict um, in the right scenarios. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. As the Earth's temperature continues to rise and Washington idly stands by, it's becoming easier to feel discouraged about climate change. But Michael Bloomberg and Carl Pope are optimistic. In their new book, Climate of Hope, they're turning the conversation about climate change on its head, from partisan to pragmatic, from cost to benefits, from fear to hope. Bloomberg is an entrepreneur and former mayor of New York City, and Pope, a lifelong environmental leader. Despite different perspectives, they've reached similar conclusions about climate action, offering practical solutions to produce concrete benefits. Bloomberg and Pope explain how citizens, businesses, and cities have the power to win the battle against climate change, generating healthier and stronger communities. Climate of Hope creates a roadmap to tackle climate change, leaving readers with practical steps on what they can do in their own cities to contribute to the progress. You can learn more and order Climate of Hope at climateofhope.com. It's funny sometimes to review all the accident involved in your success or in anyone's success. Do you, can you think of, I mean, how did you guys meet? We were introduced through um, the entrepreneurship club, um, one of the leaders of the entrepreneurship club at, at Northeastern, um, which is kind of funny because for this particular club, I don't think either of us were really members. <laughs> we just kind of happened to both know the, the, the same guy. You know, at the time we were put together because we were both really passionate about the mobile space and we kind of came together and met just as a networking opportunity. And, uh, you know, for me, I'm always, I was uh, always looking for people who uh, kind of knew the technical side of, uh, of the mobile world, uh, because that was not my strong suit. Um, and and, and that's, that was my incentive to, to meet with uh, Yin at the time. Um, and it just turned out that, you know, we saw the world in kind of a similar way. And we had met at a, at a restaurant, had a, had a good dinner. Um, and, and then decided to meet again and, and the rest is history. How are your strengths? How do they complement each other? What, what are your strengths? What are, what are Yin's? So Yin, very strong on the technical side. He's, he's what some people call uh, a 10X engineer. Um, he built a lot of what you see today in the products single-handedly. But he's also you know, surprisingly knowledgeable about the business side as well as the community side and, and just has a, has a really deep understanding for that. And so as, as a result, uh, he, he essentially runs, runs product for the organization now and, and leads the dev team uh, through that product. And then, you know, my, my strengths are, you know, I, I think I'm pretty good at bringing great people together. You know, I've been able to recruit the top talent that we have around the table now, and they've helped us get to where, where we are today. You know, obviously I, I work on more of the, the kind of business and operational side. So those are, are kind of uh, my area of focus. And so definitely complements each other well. And how many people on the team in total? Uh, we're, we're about 35 people now. Um, but we're we're growing rapidly. It seems like a new person joins every week or so. <laughs> How many did you have last July? Last July we had around twenty. Okay, uh, twenty people. And where do you want to go? I mean, do, do you lo- are you looking for uh, acquisition? W- what does the future look like for Amino Apps? We think we can build a, a standalone company here. Um, you know, as, as I mentioned, our our vision is to create a community for every interest in the world, all right? Every popular TV show, video games, sports team, hobby, 
you know, we think there's millions of different interests out there. And we also think that everybody in the world has something that they're interested in or, or passionate about. And so from that lens, you know, it's a, it's an enormous opportunity um, that I think, you know, really could, you know, have its, have its shot at it being a, you know, a very large standalone company. So uh, we have our eyes on the IPO, you know, it's a, <laughs> right. that's the kind of the way we're, we're headed. Well, I, I want to ask you a little more about the communities. Can you tell me what are the most uh, popular communities right now? One of our largest communities is actually um, one of our oldest, which is the anime community. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that definitely comes from where we started. Uh, and we've seen a lot of success there. Um, I also um, briefly mentioned uh, BTS, which is that K-pop band. Um, it's, it's definitely one of our largest communities. So it's awesome to see um, uh, us, us do you know, pretty well in, in the music space, actually. But we also have a, a large motorcycle community, a large vegan community, a large LGBT community. Um, and so, you know, we've seen we've seen success in in almost every category now and what is the least populated community (laughs) i know you don't want to mention the least populated one but you know it's worth worth mentioning oh i don't know i mean we again have hundreds of thousands of different communities so the ones that are least popular are ones i probably look at the least but um you know i mentioned politics or anything that that is going to cater to a much much, much older demographic, mm-hmm. like, a, like a woodworking community might not be our sweet spot right now. But I think one day it could be. All right. Well, um, listen, Ben, thank you so much for, uh, for taking the time to talk. I think everybody's parents should download Amino apps of all, of all <laughs> your users. But it's, it's really interesting to hear about. And thanks for taking the time. Yeah, thank you so much, Steve. It's really great chatting with you. That's it for this episode of Forbes Under 30. I hope you enjoyed it. If you want to reach out to us with a comment or question, please do so at under30, that's the number 30, at podcastone.com. Hey, I'm John Horn. This week on Geffen Playhouse Unscripted, we are joined by Josh Gad. Josh Gad. And as much as he wants you to believe that none of it is scripted, I'm telling you that even my name is in a paper in front of me and I'm reading it. And everything that I'm saying right now, I'm also reading. This is very meta. And it's phonetically spelled out, so you it's know how to say Josh Gad. And for some reason, it's also in Spanish. Yo soy Yahigad. It's called Geffen Playhouse Unscripted. You could download it on the Podcast One app. You can hear it on Apple Podcast Or at podcastone.com. You are done. Thank you very much. Springtime tips and fun facts from Paul, Kristen, and Dexter at Total Wine and More. It's peak season for asparagus, which pairs perfectly with a light and crisp rosé. Many bottles of champagne and sparkling wines are perfect for adult Easter baskets. And they're really cute, too. My perfect brunch? Belgian waffles with extra whipped cream and a holiday pour of your sweetest rosé. Whether you're hosting or just bringing the wine, Total Wine and More has you covered with 8,000 wines, 3,000 spirits, and 2,500 beers at always low prices. Cheers! At the border, I'm Ed Donahue with an AP News Minute. At the roundtable discussion today in San Antonio, Texas, President Trump heard something he said he never heard before about life along the border. Many people are dying, and the danger of living here, unless you know exactly what you're doing, is tremendous. This is Texas Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick. Where are the people in Washington to stand up for these children, these women, these senior citizens? Where are they? Bring them down. 
Mr. President, let the Democrats come down to Brooks County. Let them come to any of these ranches. Let them see these bodies. Let them see the skeletons. We have the photographs. Attorney General William Barr says he thinks spying did occur on Donald Trump's presidential campaign, suggesting the origins of the Russia investigation may have been mishandled. Scientists released the first image ever made of a black hole, revealing a fiery ring of gravity-twisted light swirling around the edge of the abyss. One scientist said science fiction has become science fact. I'm Ed Donahue.